Oh, God, I see people I know. Thank you. Thank you for coming, <laughs> people I know. Okay. Can we open the meeting with the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to expect the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, uh, the topic of today's workshop is the doctor's opinion, and my name is Lauren, and I'm one of the leaders for this meeting. The other speaker is Jane, who is with a cold. Um, this session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note this session might be available um, online or on a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Will someone please volunteer to be a timer? Um, 20 minutes, but we have 20 minutes to speak. Um, but could you give us a five-minute warning? Um, leader shares. Okay. That's, I guess, me. <laughs> I'm Lauren, compulsive overeater sugar addict. I've been... Um, I've been in program now for about four and a half years. Um, I was here um, about, I don't know, back in 99, 2000, and I worked what I thought was a very clean program, but I realize now it was not even close to clean. Am I being heard okay in the back? Okay. Um, I was... Um, I am a sugar addict. I am a compulsive person. I do everything compulsively. And I not until I really read the doctor's opinion did I and really understood the doctor's opinion did I understand my illness and my disease. I've had two bariatric surgeries. I've had several um, uh, skin reduction surgeries. Um, I've lost 130 pounds, 80 pounds from the last bariatric surgery, and the other from finding OA. The bariatric surgery, the first one was lap band. Didn't work for me. It worked. I lost 80 pounds, but then I gained 80 pounds back. My high weight, I am 5'1". My high weight was 286 pounds. I was morbidly obese. They approved me within two days for the second bariatric surgery at New York Presbyterian Hospital. I couldn't go to one of the suburban hospitals because nobody would take me for a revision given my size and weight. I had a BMI of 48. 
and I was giving myself three shots of one shot a day of insulin and three shots a day of something to help my um, pancreas work. I had bad diabetes and I was developing neuropathy of the feet. My endocrinologist sent me to have my second bariatric surgery. I went in to have the RUNY, the bypass. I was too fat to do the bypass. They did the sleeve instead. Thank you, God. They did the sleeve instead. Because I am not malnourished now because I have my full intestines intact. It's only when I came back to these rooms and started working this program. I'd already lost 80 pounds, and for me that was like phenomenal. Um, I was close to 200 pounds, and I never thought I'd get there. I didn't have diabetes anymore. I was working out. I had had my penis, which is the skin that hangs over your stomach. I had had that removed. Insurance paid for it. Um, but I was couldn't understand why I couldn't have one piece of something that starts with a C and ends with eight. Um, and I couldn't have one. And I'd keep it in my freezer, and I'd have a handful, and then they'd call me. And I didn't understand why I could just not have that and let it and, and have it. I don't know if we can talk about food, but basically anything with uh, chocolate or anything with sugar in it. I couldn't have one, and I didn't understand it. My son developed some emotional problems, so I went to Al-Anon to try and fix him. And I was working my first first step with my Al-Anon sponsor, and she said, I think you might need to be back into the food rooms. And I said, no, I don't need a problem. I don't have a problem with food. What do you mean? I can just... Whatever. I thought I could eat one. I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. I came back to OA. I guess it was January um, 2014. And um, I got very quickly into the program and very quickly... Um, picked up the big book and started uh, some, one of my friends in the group told me about a phone meeting and I started calling into Vision for You phone meeting every day somewhere around April or May of that year and I have not missed one meeting. Well, maybe I've missed a handful of meetings since then. I'm on 
the call from 7 a.m. till 9 a.m. most mornings. If someone calls me, unless it's a sponsor or sponsee, I don't take the call. Um, I work my program extremely hard. And I do it because I need to for my life. I am I am a addict to the nth degree. I belong in many rooms, but this is the only room that matters. I mean, I'm in other rooms as well, other programs, but this one is my lifeline. So, doctor's opinion. It was only when I started really getting... Um, the doctor's opinion that I understood how this disease showed up in my life. Um, I just pulled out my phone because I've got my big book on the phone. Um, I always have these passages highlighted. Um, But the most important ones for me I don't know if anybody here has, um, well, I assume everybody here has read the doctor's opinion. It is the basis of this illness. And um, highlighted in pink is men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced from alcohol. In my case, the effect produced from anything I put in my mouth. But sugar is my primary item. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcohol alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks which they see others taking with impunity. For me, that is the ultimate paragraph of this whole book. Restless, irritable, and discontented is my middle name. I live in that place, and it's only when I realize that I, that the food will not help that. It will still be there. And when I work my 10th step, or 11th step, I'm able to, get the ease and comfort that I used to get from a box or a bag or a bakery. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, boy, was I there. I mean, up and down and up and down on the scale up and down all my life. 
and the phenomenon of craving develops. I am so deathly afraid of having any sugar at all. Sometimes salt turns me on, but not as much as sugar does. Doesn't matter though, sometimes. As I have heard someone in this room talk about this disease sometimes is whack-a-mole. One thing, you put one thing down and something else pops up. So right now salt is sometimes popping up for me. I used to be able to eat peanut butter. Not anymore. I used to be able to eat lots of other things. Not anymore. And you know what? Today I don't care. In the old days, I used to think, oh, how could I deprive myself of that? How could I deprive, how deprived would I be if I couldn't have a piece of that chocolate again? Now I eat to feed my body, not my soul. I eat to stay alive. I eat almost the same thing every day. Breakfast, lunch, snack, and snack are always the same. Dinner is change, changes. And that's okay. The phenomenon of craving develops. They pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution to not drink again. This is repeated over and over unless the person can experience an entire psychic change. There is little hope of recovery. Thank you, God, I have a psychic change today. I am so grateful that I have learned from so many people in this program and I'm able to hold on to these thoughts and facts and, and believe it today. I weigh approximately, although I don't know if I've been on the scale. I usually go on the scale once a month, but the beginning of this month I wasn't in a place where my scale was because I was in the middle of a move. So I didn't get on the scale. And it did bother me. But I weigh approximately 150 pounds now. And I work out all the time. And I'm alive, and I feel good about it. And I have a future that I never thought I did before. I didn't care if I had a future. I was okay if I died. I was on the layaway plan, death on the layaway plan, suicide, as they say, on the layaway plan. 
I was not a great employee or employer. I'm honest today in ways that I've never been before. I work my program. Thank you. Another highlighted sentence is, men have cried out to me in sincere, despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. How many times I begged for that. I begged to wake up the next morning a skinny woman, but to still eat every single piece of sugar. For me, sugar is my number one enemy. I read every label. I, I do not put anything in my mouth that has honey barbecue or blah, 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 blah on the list. Or even if it's down, all the way down at the bottom of the list, I don't have it. I make all my own salads, all my own salad dressing. I make, it's all natural. I read every label. Who would have thunk? Oh, my God, when I was 286 pounds, it did not matter what it was made of, as long as it had lots of sugar in it. And, and it wasn't until I really got it that, for me, even if it was dietetic, didn't matter. I was popping, I was chewing gum like crazy. Well, it was sugar-free gum, so I was popping those vitamin C, sugar-free vitamin C pills. I'd, or not pills, sucking candies. I'd go to CVS and I'd buy six bags at once. I'd empty all the bags into a thing and I'd put them in my pocketbook and I'd carry them around with me so I could draw, I could, I could suck on five or six of them in five minutes to get the sugar high. It doesn't matter where, if it's fake sugar or not. If it's gar gum, it's sugar. If it's honey, it's sugar. It doesn't matter. It's not in any of the products I eat. And it's only with that that bottom line that I can say with, for today, I'm recovered. And as a recovered woman, I know what I need to do to stay recovered. I need to be here. I need to be among my fellows, you all, who understand it. Not my sister who says, oh, you can have one. For the first time in my life, I'm thinner than my sister. I'm giving her my hand-me-downs. And she hates it. But I don't say a word. (coughs) Because it's not about her. Not about me. It's about my recovery. And that I hold on to this so hard.
because I am deathly afraid of not having it tomorrow. So thank God I have it today. These men and women, these men, and I put in women, were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. So if I have a craving, I often will look at what I ate the day before or two days before because it sometimes takes three days to get it out of your system. When I first gave up sugar, I had been so, I had been abstinent, what I thought was abstinent, for six months, but I was still having ketchup. And I went to a party, and I was eyeing, it was an engagement party, and I was eyeing the big cakes in the room. And I had not been eating cake and candy and cookies. So for me, that was my abstinence. But I, and I took pictures, but I didn't take pictures of the bride and groom. I took pictures of the cakes. And I went to the meeting the next day. Is that time? That was the time. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Just let me finish that. I went to the meeting the next day and I said to someone, oh my God, these are calling me. And she said, keep coming back. And I heard that, and I thought, you know what? I'd been listening to the doctors, the, the meetings, the Vision for You calls at that point for already five or six months, eight months, whatever. And I said, let me just try today to give up all sugar. It took me four days. Four days. Once four days were up, I didn't crave it anymore. And I get goosebumps on my legs from that. Four days. If someone had told me that 30 years ago, I wouldn't have believed them. But four days it took me to get sugar out of my system. And I haven't wanted it since. Wow. With that, I pass. I'm Jane. I'm a, I'm a food addict, recovering food addict. Thank you for your service, Lauren. Um, I'm sitting there, and I, literally I spot an M&M on the floor. I'm like, yeah, I would find it. Yeah, There aren't enough M&Ms on the planet. I know you guys get that. And I, but it makes me think of my sweet Trish, I'm like the M&M story with Trish. But it, those of you who know Trish will know that story. So it says here, I'm supposed to, can you hear me okay? I don't want to be too loud either, so is it too loud? No. Okay. Okay. Um, it says, how long you've been in OA, your length of abstinence, and then speak to the topic. So I actually started in OA when my daughter was um, right around 16, and I couldn't, and I had a problem with sugar. I've had sponsors that don't have problems with sugar. I just happen to be one of those people that can't eat it if it's not nailed down it's going to go in once I start 
And I know that about myself today. So for the grace of God, I don't need to, to use that substance. Um, but I came in because I couldn't stop eating it. I couldn't stop eating anything, but mostly it was the sugar. And I just knew that I had a problem with it. And it was my daughter's seven, she was 17 and she was actually, um, she was graduating from high school and <clears throat> I knew there was going to be a big celebratory cake and all I could think of, um, it, this makes me tear up, all I could think of was, you're so sick with the food, if you eat that sugar, it is not going to be about your daughter and her celebrating her high school graduation. It's going to be about you and all you're going to have are these sick thoughts and all you're going to think about is when the hell is anybody not looking and when can I get another piece and how much can I get down and and I also turned into, I also got into bulimia because I would go, get so sick from the sugar that I would be sick for days. I would just be ill, physically ill for two to three days. So I started making myself throw up because I knew I'd have a sugar hangover and I wanted to fix it, you know. And um, that's really when it started for me because I was like, I am so sick about, sick of being so self-centered that it's always about me. The world is always revolving around me and what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat it and how I'm going to eat it and how I look and how I wish I looked. And it was just insanity all the time. I know you guys can relate to this, some of you. Um, <clears throat> I just don't want to live my life like that. And so when my daughter turned, my daughter had that graduation, I was not eating sugar. And I've been going to OA for a bit. My daughter's 42. I haven't had sugar since my daughter was 17. Um, such a gift. Um, so I came because it was really half gallons of ice cream. And I would um, <clears throat> I would buy them and say, well, I'm only going to have a little bit. But I used to say if you gave me a spoon outside of an ice cream factory, I'd never come out. Like I'd go, I'd never come out. I'd be one of those lost souls. But I really believed it because I couldn't stop once I started. You know, it was frightening. And um, <clears throat> when I was trying to get off of it, I would call my sponsor and she would say, can you throw that away? I'm like, yeah, I'll throw it away. And I'd be crying like the last love of my life, you know, <laughs> throw it away. And, and of course I'd get off the phone and I'd dig it out of the trash God, and I, I, I took it out of the dryer. You know, she'd say, it's okay. I'd be like, the only way I'm not going to do it is if I pour dishwashing liquid on it. So, you know, I'd be weeping and I'd be pouring the dishwashing liquid on it. And, um, and that's how I was able to put it down. And I also had to drink orange juice. Um, my therapist at the time who was a food addiction consultant said, drink natural orange juice if that's the only thing you can do to help stave it. You know, keep it away until you can get off it, get withdraw, and that really saved me. Um, but it was a—it's about so much more than the physical aspects of the disease. Yes, it talks about that in the doctor's opinion that we have a a, a bodily addiction to certain substances. And the thing is, is that my higher power will lead me, just as your higher power will lead you to what 
you know in your heart and soul doesn't work for you, that you know that when you pick it up, you're just insane around it. I mean, there are certain foods I don't eat, and it's because I've experimented with them, and they just make me crazy, and, and that's the only reason. Not because I wanted to get good and turn into Miss OA, but because I just wanted to stop being so flipping miserable. And I was so tired of hating myself, and all I thought about was the next meal and the next diet, and I was so full of shame. I hated myself. I was a fat child. I heard constant comments growing up about stop eating that. You're going to be fat like your mother. I mean, my childhood is not atypical. Um, I went to the little, had to go to the chubby section for clothes. And I was so horrified and ashamed. And I had this, of course, I had this beautiful, tall, lanky sister who did modeling for art students. She had a perfect body. And, um, and I was always compared to her. And they would try to give me her. I wouldn't buy any clothes. My mother would take me and I'd just get in the, I'd get in the car and cry. I was like, they're fat girl clothes. I don't want them. And I would take my sister's hand-me-downs because I thought that was better than dressing in something that fit me. So my disease goes back a very long way. I don't think I'm unusual. I think I'm pretty calm in a, in a way. But I share you that with you because look look what it brings up. It's like such a sad little kid. I just thought who I was was my weight. We're so much more than our weight. Who I am is not what I weigh. It just isn't. I'm a spiritual being in a physical body, and my higher power wants me to be free of addiction. And that's what OA is. It's a huge gift to me about total freedom from insanity and disease and self-hate. And those steps are key in that emancipation of swimming around in dis-ease. And so I've never, ever left OA and I've had, I haven't done it the typical way. I wasn't able to do it that way. I don't think there's any one way to do it. It's just about continuing to show up and not lying to yourself. Or if you can't, just keep talking to your sponsor so you've got somebody. Because I just thought everybody judged me the way I judged me. And they didn't. They didn't care what I weighed. Nobody cares what you weigh, you know. But I didn't know that. I, I, don't, I don't care what anybody else weighs. I just cared about what I weighed. It just was this sick disease thinking. And um, continuing to talk to my sponsor and get honest about what I was feeling and getting clear about what what triggered you, what was going on before you picked up that food. Because food addiction is so such a fast disease for me. And when I say that, I mean there was such a small window between the pain or the emotional pain or the thought or the physical craving, any of those, and then eating. And I couldn't find the space in between there to, to not use that food. It was like somebody flicked the light switch on and then I caught myself and there I am shoving the food in. And that gift of talking to my sponsor and going to meetings and reading those steps and reading that doctor's opinion, that's a key piece, like put in, um, a, put in space put in space so I could stop and breathe and maybe I'd pick up the phone like, you know, I'd be praying, okay, God, I really need help. And I, that would just, just get me to the phone call, do you know? And I'd be hanging on for dear life. But that's how it's been. It's like one step at a time, one day at a time, 
one meal at a time. And um, it really is a process. There's no such thing as as an event. And um, I found out I had so many behaviors that I had developed, and I'd used my food and my weight as an excuse to not live. And that meant, you know, sitting there and binging and thinking about, well, I've always, I've always wanted to do that. Well, I'd like to go to the gym, but I'm too fat to go to the gym. Mm. Really? I mean, when you say it out loud, you go, that's kind of crazy sounding. Like, who cares, right? Who cares? And if you're going to the gym, isn't that a nice thing? And I, I never have gone to the gym. I mean, I think I did it before I got clean, but the gym now today, when I, when I go to the gym is about helping my headspace. It's not about losing weight. That's an added benefit if I, if it trims me a little bit, but that's not why I go to the gym. I go to the gym to, um, uh, take care of the, the temple that God gave me to try to be respectful of what God's given me. And that means a number of things. And then the spiritual piece is equally important. Um, you know, you can sit and meditate and pray every day, but if you don't move your ass off the couch, then you're not really listening to your higher power, are you? So it's like baby steps, you know, whatever. We all have different areas. That's the gift, I think, because one of us will do, believe it or not, I was one of those people that didn't move. And now I'm like, I love to move. But um, that's a God thing. And, um, you know, there'll be one thing that I don't want to do that somebody else does really well, and I go talk to them in the program, and they say, but you can do this. I can. Yeah, tr- this is how you start. You know, we help each other. That's the beauty of the program. Nobody understands a food addict or a compulsive overeater better than another compulsive overeater. And we love each other. We support each other. We have each other's back. We're not running around judging somebody because we know I know, for me personally, that my excess weight has always been about pain that I wasn't able to um, rid myself of. And it was also about a physical addiction to certain foods that I didn't know I had. And as I've put those addictive food substances down, and as I've processed feelings, old memories, painful things that I didn't want to remember, that I stuffed I stuffed the food in from a very early age for a very good reason, and my higher power was taking care of me. I absolutely believe my higher power was keeping me alive and keeping me so that I survived through what I needed to get through until I could undo it. But I also believe that that God always gives us the answers and always has the capacity to heal anybody from anything. The, the key is is that I have to have the willingness. I have to be willing to go to any lengths. I have to be honest even when I don't want to be. And it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to change something in that moment because I got honest, but it still plants a seed and the shift starts to begin, do you know? So um, I think it's really important that if I had to share something with another compulsive overdose, it's like be kind to yourself. Being mean never has helped me to evolve spiritually, and I don't believe God ever is mean to us. I also think we can sit in it and, and be kind and not take any action. So it doesn't mean sit in it. It means honor and respect your feelings, and then, and then what? Get up 
and do the next right action. You know, work your program to the best of your ability. Share. The most important time to share for me is when I don't want to share. I'm a crier. I, I've always not like that about myself. And most, I pray, I go, please God, just help me to accept myself the way I'm made. Um, it isn't a sin to be a crier. You know, I'm one of those people. Once I cry, I'm good. I'm ready to go. But until I do it, I'm like, Wah! I'm all bottled up and I'm a freak. And I'm like, Wah! and I, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm not good. I just need to have my feelings. I think that comes from a family history of a bunch of food addicts and nobody had their feelings. Everybody, everything is just fine. And it, what's for dinner? You know, my mother, my mother was a baker. God bless my mother. She's so, she's so stinking cute. She's 85 and you know, she's back to die to Weight Watchers. I mean, she's so cute. But, um, she is, I mean, I was five, right? And she's, she's 85. She's been, she's been, um, dieting since I can remember at five. So whatever, that's like 40, whatever, 50 years. Yeah, is it 80? Well, no, because she had me when she was in her 20s, right? So whatever, a long-ass time, you guys. Oh, my God, I'm being taped. And I swore, I'm sorry. I love to swear, by the way. And, um, and I haven't really been willing to give that up. I'm like, damn it, I've given up so many things. You know, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm better than I used to be, but sometimes, and I just go, God, I hope you don't mind. I don't think my higher power minds, but, but I don't want to insult other people. That's the only thing is that I, I understand some people are very pious and, and they have a right to be. And I just want to respect that, but I'm behaving. Trust me. No swears are really coming out. Anyhow, uh, so I feel like I'm all over the place, but I'm just trying to, I prayed about it and I said, and I got on my knees and I asked God, what do you want me to say? You tell me what you want me to share. And I've never been able to rehearse anything because I'm just not made that way. I can't be anything other than who I am, but I am five minutes. Thank you. I'm so grateful, um, to the program because I do know that it saved my life and, there's not enough food on the planet and I have, I have a really good life now and it's not perfect, but it's mine and it's real. And, um, I do so many things that I never would have done in the past. I, um, and I have a job, I have like this really responsible job, which cracks me up and I didn't want it. And they asked me to take it. I'm like, Oh my God. And you know what that is? You guys know what it is. It's the program it's um, treating other people the way you like to be treated. So isn't that sad that that's why you get into a supervisory position? Because you just act like a human, <laughs> you know? But that's the gift of the OA. And um, it teaches you how to take responsibility for yourself. And, um, and I also do all kinds of fun things, like I study salsa. I love it. And I also study bachata. I'm probably one of the older women in the classes. I don't care. I'm like, ooh, I'm having so much fun, you know. And um, I just am like, whatever, you know. I'm laughing and I'm listening to my heart and I'm listening to my higher power. And, you know, it, it makes, it's a little sad to me that I had to take so many years to get free. 
but at least I did. You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't compare, whoops, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just compare yourself to you and you get free for you for just today, for this moment. And that's what recovery is about. And who knows how long God wants me here, but I'm free and everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves it. And I don't think it's special or unique. I think it is for everybody. I just wanted to kind of like wrap it up with this because I feel like I didn't do enough of the doctor's opinion. Um, and it was this line. The body of the alcoholic, the food addict, is quite as abnormal as his mind. We were in full flight from reality or were outright mental defectives. So in our belief, any picture of the food addict, alcoholic slash food addict, which leaves out this physical factor, is incomplete. And it says we have an allergy to alcohol. We have an allergy to a lot of things, us food addicts. And, you know, a lot of us come from families of alcoholics and have sensitivities. So, you know, it's not because we did something wrong. It's not because we're not strong. We're very strong. We live through this act of disease. It's because we have a physical allergy to certain substances, and it's not our fault. And the gift is figuring out what those what those substances are so that we can get free. And then we have all the other aspects of the program. Aren't we lucky? I, I feel grateful to my higher power. So um, I think, do I want to say anything else? Just keep coming back if you're new. And get a sponsor. You need a sponsor. You need somebody who's, who's got your back, who you know loves you no matter what. Um, and go to meetings and raise your hand when you don't want to. And um, I think that's it. Thank you. So now we have like a, we have like a, would, any, would people like to share? Because we have time to do that and there's a three minute, you know, Whatever, if you need to talk longer than three minutes. I'm just not into that rigidity stuff. <laughs> should I time three minutes? You should, and that's just a gentle prompt. And just sign it when you come up. Just sign it when you come up because it's a release so that you, you know, you can't sue anybody because you're on the. You have to sign it too. Yeah, just sign it. Oh, I need to talk to it later. Am I signing? Oh, no, this one. Here's Sorry, that one. I took it from you. Okay. All right. I, I'll do that after. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mary, food addict. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. It's my first convention. And um, I drove up with a bunch of people from the Monday night meeting that I go to in Connecticut. And it was suggested, I like the suggestions, um, that I do take the opportunity to share. Um, and I also heard... Jane, mm -hmm. say that, you know, share when you don't want to share. I enjoyed both Lauren and Jane's shares. Um, <coughs> for me, it's funny. Um, I'm not, I, I think usually my anxiety at a convention would be about the people, but this time it's not about that. It's a little bit around the food. I do a weight and measured program. I've done it for two and a half years now. I've lost 65 pounds and I'm really grateful. I feel way better. And, and it's, um, it's freeing. I liked what Lauren said about um, how could I deprive myself of fill-in-the-blank carbohydrate, blah, blah, blah. And yet 
the, the weight and measured program that I do isn't deprivation. It's freedom. It gives me the freedom to live my life. I was not living. I was using my weight and my food to not live. And um, the good news, too, is that OA has shown me how to live, um, how to work on my relationships, how to be present. I wasn't present before. I was sitting on the couch eating, watching TV, you know. And I'm grateful that we have opportunities like this. But for me, it all started with putting down the food. Um, I will also say that I did go to a rehab to do that. I couldn't get abstinent in the rooms for some reason. That's just me. And um, by the third day of, it was a five-day program, by the third day I woke up with vertigo, the spins, and throwing up. And I believe that was my withdrawal. So it's a disease. It's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jerry. I'm a compulsive overreader. Hi, Jerry. I've been in the program 19 years. First time I came, I said, I'm going to learn all the tricks and trades and I'll be out of here. That was 19 years ago. Uh, came here. Uh, I love food. I'm an Italian. You can give me any kind of food. It don't have to be sugar. It don't have to be salt. It give me anything. It's food. I want more of it. I got the more problem. I want more. Uh, I, I, I know I have to work on this every day. I have to work on it because every time I think I've got this problem solved, I've been maintaining a 40, 50-pound weight loss. You know, but that's no problem. The weight is still here. I am so sick, it's unreal. I mean, I go to a restaurant with my wife, and she doesn't have an eating problem. And I say, Carol, no dessert. She says, no dessert for you. <laughs> but you know, it's amazing because I tell the, I tell the waiter, no dessert, no problem. Just bring it for her. And they bring me two dishes with two spoons. And I, wanna, I really want to curse at them because you can't curse on here, right? That pro, people in program, they can't curse either. But they do a lot of it. And you know what? I said, oh, they're my kind of people. You know, it, it, it's amazing. I, I'm a survivor. I'm surviving 60 years of marriage to the same woman. I'm surviving the Korean conflict. I'm surviving 19 years in this program. That's a survivor. And I've been through more, more uh, sponsees. I've had a sponsor for, I don't know, I don't want to tell you how many years. And uh, she's now my age. And in the last year, she says, call me tomorrow. Call me tomorrow. And I want to stop calling her because she keeps saying, call me tomorrow. But, I, you know, I know that there's something wrong. And I know because I can identify with her. But when do I stop calling her? When do I say enough is enough? Because now when I call, she don't answer the phone. But she gave me the code. Because don't call me. But if I don't answer, call my son. And I have to call her son to call me to tell her to call me. But these are the little things that we learn in program. You know, learning how to eat is no problem. I've got a daughter that's a certified dietitian. She, she, she made a whole program for me. You know, do this, do that, do that. Put it in a drawer. Never did it. Then she said, what made you go to Overeaters Anonymous? I said, I don't know. If I knew, I'd write a book on it. All I can do is keep coming back. I drove five hours to get here. And you know, at my age, and I'm saying at my age, I had to stop every two hours to go to the, relieve myself. <laughs> That's part of it. 
You know, the things about getting matured, they don't call us old anymore. When you're matured, then you've got to put Bengay on your knees. You've got to turn around and go wherever you have to go. But you know what? The doctor didn't know about this because there was a different thing in those years. But today it's a whole different thing. If, if you had to write a book today, you'd have to rewrite that whole big book. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lynn Rennie. I'm from Montreal, Canada. Hi. Hi. Um, I've been in the program. It's almost going to be five years. Well, it's going to be five years in March. And my life has been a life where I am able. You want something, I am able to give it to you. I am able to even invent it. And it's a reflex, really. You have a problem, I have the solution in... Give me a minute. Like, not two days. I'm going to give it to you now. So if it's good for you, imagine how good I am with me. I don't have problems because I always have solutions. And it did serve me a lot because I was in um, kind of make-believe land. Not kind of. I was in make-believe land. Lynn Renee's make-believe land. And what's even worse about that is that I didn't even know. I thought I was in the same land as you. But it was mine. <laughs> and so I arrived in OA so mad. Because that meant if I was sitting there with you, you people that don't know what to do in your life, it meant I didn't either. So I arrive so pissed, really. I, I, don't, I don't know swearing in English, so if I'm swearing, I don't know, sorry. Because <laughs> it's not the same words. <laughs> it's true, it's not the same words. And, uh, <laughs> but um, I arrive, I was so mad. Like for six months, honestly, I would come in front, say, hi, I'm Lynn Rene, I'm an overeater. And uh, because you're all crazy, I guess I'm crazy with you. And I, I find this is so stupid. So if you're stupid, I'm going to be stupid with you. I, I can't even... And, you know, I'm a... Uh, procedures and, like, like boxy kind of person. And you don't say those things, see? And I don't know why I said them. Because you really need to like me. So I, I, I was like... It was so not me in those rooms. <sighs> so what I'm trying to say with that and the, and the, and the link with the... the, the the doctor's opinion is for th two years, more than two years, I still thought I didn't catch what I was supposed to be doing. And I did not think it was a disease. I did think still that I didn't do enough to solve even all the diet. I had I have three surgery ban thing because it didn't work. I did so much exercise. I did the whole round of the world on a bicycle in my in my living room I had a map and I really did the whole round of the whole world calculating and doing <laughs> and um, so now I don't have a lot of knees on my body now <laughs> they're all around the world let's oh. see and um, so it was like how come I'm doing all of this and it's not working fudge See, everything I touch, it works. How come this doesn't work? 
And you were all saying to me, it's a disease, it's a disease, it's a disease. And I was like, man, these people are pathetic. They just don't understand. They have to do the right thing. <laughs> I'm going to get emotion because I'm a crier too. And when I got the thing about the disease, what a weight lifted up. It wasn't my fault. I didn't have to do things. I, 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 the shame of not doing the right thing, because at 280 that I was, I was not doing the right thing. So I was trying to do the right thing all the time. And that, thank you for Dr. Silkworth, for letting me know that it's not because I did something wrong. It's just because it's wired like that. If I drink alcohol, I don't have a problem. But I, my, I have somebody in my family, he drinks alcohol, he has a freaking big problem. Okay? But me, it's with the sugar. It's just wired like that. So thank you so much for my higher power for switching my, my, my thinking of being able to, to have to do things and really do them right all the time. And this is giving me so much liberty. Thank you so much. I'm Susan, and I am, I'm an addict, and I'm, I'm not just addicted to food, but I also have behavior, oh, I'm addicted to other substances too, and also um, behaviors, um, and I've struggled in program a long time, because when I would give up the food, I would switch to something else, and just saying, if you've, if, that does not work, Um I've been over 200 pounds three times, not pregnant. When I was pregnant for a 10-and-a-half-pound baby, I did not weigh over 200 pounds. Um, this big book is the only thing that ha I've ever worked that has had any kind of um, solution for me. Um, I wanted to say, I wanted to start with uh, the, par the paragraph that begins with, Rarely have we seen a person fail. In the original manuscript, it says, Who has thoroughly followed the directions? And I noticed that when I signed up on this paper, I didn't put the signature in the right spot. So I think I still have a problem with directions sometimes, but... <laughs> But I do try to follow the directions the way they're laid out in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I come from a family of addicts. My father was an alcoholic. My mother, like our speaker, I think Jane, my mother, too, 88 years old, and she'll say, I cut your arm off for a piece of bread. I mean, uh, and I've seen her struggle her whole life, too. I, I've I come from a long line, and I do believe I'm wired that way, the speaker just before me. Um, so what do, I ha you know, what do I have to be honest with? I can't look at what one of our first speakers and say, well, geez, I didn't have bariatric surgery of any form, so I must not have this thing. You know? But boy, could I relate to that cough drops in the purse six bags. I mean, I'm right there with you. you know? And our other speaker... You know, I may not have done things exactly the way she did, but I have a sister, and for my first time in my life, I'm smaller than her, too. And, you know, so 
it's all about not being in denial, but but uh, how can I relate to the speaker? Because we are all different. You know, we're not all addicted to the same things. But there are studies on addiction that show that there are certain food ingredients that for most people, many people, are problematic. And so the problem is getting back to honesty. I am a retread. I went through all the steps in a big book step study. And over time, I stopped work and program, and I became more and more dishonest. Was that my buzzer? And so the bottom line is we have to be honest, not just about what we're eating, but what is the problem really. Because food for me was my solution to the uncomfortable feelings that I was having. And I had nothing else. And it's the 12 steps that have the solution. Thank you. Christine Compulsive Overeater from Westchester. So I've been in program. Yes. Hi. 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 Um, I've been in program 17 years. And um, I'm a worshiper of the high holy holidays of Halloween. And then my birthday's next week. And then there's Thanksgiving. And then there's Christmas. And then there's Valentine's Day. So I gain anywhere between 60 and 100 pounds during this period of time. And when I came in a program, and then I'd go to therapists and be on meds and blah, 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 blah. And when I came in a program, I was explaining this to my sponsor. And she's like, do 90 meetings in 90 days. And started off, go to every workshop, every, you know, anything that's going on. um, And just, you know, entrench yourself in program. And I started it with the, you know, Region 6 convention. And, um, and then I back-ended it with the East Coast Service Convention that's no more, that's in March. And that was my first year. I didn't have to gain 60 to 100 pounds during that period of time. Um, being in program, um, I originally lost like 150 pounds, and it was a little weird because I lost more weight than I had currently weighed, but then I had a baby, so I'm just trying to release this, you know, have God release this weight if that's his intention for me to be, a, you know, a healthier weight. Um, so the thing I like about the doctor's opinion, this is one of my favorite things, it says, as part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conception to other alcoholics, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. Um, and for me, like rehabilitation, I have written down, is to restore the effectiveness a normal life after an illness or an imprisonment. I was imprisoned by my disease. And, you know, I was really sick. You know, I was mentally sick. I was emotionally sick. I was physically sick close to 300 pounds, you know, most of the time I'd call out work fat, you know, I I called out sick because I couldn't call out fat. Um, I was just emotionally drained. Um, You know, I came in a program I saw in the newspaper, in the community section, it was Overeaters Anonymous, Messies Anonymous, and Phobics Anonymous. And I asked my mom which one I should go to. She's like, all three of them. And because I was, I say I was more, I was more effed up than a soup sandwich. And, um, and I was the person running around with my glasses on my head going, where the hell are my effing glasses? And, you know, and all that other stuff. And I couldn't find anything. I was crazy. So I like the next page is, um, We who have suffered an alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life. 
that we were in full flight from reality, that we were outright mental defective. These things were true to some extent. In fact, to a considerable extent, with some of us, we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic who leaves um, out this physical factor is incomplete. I'm batshit crazy on a good day. And, you know, with working the, t- you know, it says, you know, follow the directions. Everyone's like, what's the directions? I'm like, it's the 12 steps. But, you know, when I incorporate the 12 steps into my life, every day and work my program as it's outlined in this book, I could assimilate normal, whatever that is. I always say normal is a cycle on the washing machine. But I'm able to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm able to get up and get dressed and take a shower and go to work and maintain a job and maintain a home. And, you know, for today, you know, because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. There is, what else? Um, I cannot, you know, what do they say? I cannot start drinking. Once I start drinking, I can't stop. So I have to be really... um, really pay attention to what I eat. And um, I work in like a hospital and food service and all that other stuff. And we we're talking about the cafeteria and there's so much cross-contamination in a, like a salad bar area. And I just said, but anybody with a real allergy will not eat here. And then I'm like, why the hell in the world do I eat here? You know? And because it's like, and then it got me because I used to weigh and measure all my food, take my containers with me everywhere. And then over the years I stopped doing that. I weigh and measure my food at home, but not at work and blah, blah, blah. So I got my nice little bag and I got my, I got new containers and I have my new scale and, and this is what I need to do. This is my ex, and it offers me so much freedom. Not to say, was this in there? Was that in there? Possibly, do they follow in the recipe? Could they read the recipe? You know, it doesn't matter, you know, because I take out all that guesswork and I have like my food. Um, I'm such a loser today. Um, my birthday's next week, and for my birthday, I got a new stove. I'm so excited because I'm like thinking about all the fun stuff because, you know, being overweight, I was always scared to eat. You know, but it was a crap, you know, but it's like, anyway, and now it's like, I'm not scared to eat and I'm not scared to cook and I'm not scared, you know, in our house, I have a, I'm married and I have a child and we call it, I have the food porn cabinet. And um, when we gro- like we grocery shop, you know, together, and none of that crap comes into like during um, when we grocery shop. But I don't restrict them from buying that crap on their own or bringing it in or if we're at a party. She'll have stuff, and I just put it in a Ziploc-y, and I keep it in, the, like, the food porn cabinet, and they get it out themselves and stuff like that. And um, and today, that's not my cabinet, and it's not my food, but I can't restrict people I live with. And thank you for the cake story. Um, growing up, I was, like, cracking up because growing up, we were always able allowed to pick out the cake we wanted for our birthdays, and nobody liked the cake. I um, Is it time? Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. Thank you. I was going to let her finish, but she she can finish if she wants to since I'm chairing the meeting. I'm all about control, baby.